son. Where'd you find this? Buckle up, buttercups. It's time to get down to business. It's the Totally Legitimate Business Podcast. Totally Legit. Welcome back to the Totally Legitimate Business Podcast. And I'm super grateful to have the one, the only, my best friend, Sam Salem, joining us on the pod. All right. Yeah, cheers, buddy. Here we are. We're doing it. You know what? I even made a special drink in honor of you. I made myself a mocha latte. A mocha latte. Very good. Good for you. You you turned me on to those. I'd never thought to put hot chocolate mix into a latte. It was genius. Same thing for me. Same thing for me. I wasn't doing it. Someone did it. And I got into it. I got hooked. Coffee V. <laughs> exactly. Coffee V. So how you doing, buddy? You know, it's been a long time of us having crazy, crazy chats. And here, you have actually, you're probably the better one at documenting them, because you probably have more of them documented. Uh, yeah, yeah. What was that going back to, oh man, we're going to date ourselves. We're only going to do this from here on out, like 03, 04, 05. Yep. 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years yeah. ago and uh you you were always the better documentarian of the group I, f I feel like you probably hold the treasure trove of pictures and like uh you know not staged videos just like videos of things happening i do need to go back and dig out some of those because i i remember at the time it was just like you know we were just going a mile a minute into different things and i was just like why not just we didn't have microphones or like tape recorders, anything like that. It was just like, well, you know what? We're going to get older too. Why not start a video on that little Minolta wow, camera yeah, right at the beginning of digital cameras? And it was cutting edge. It would record for like, I don't know, 45 minutes maybe. And then the battery would die. And what, what, what was the resolution? It couldn't even have been like 1080. Do you think? Oh no, 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 no way. Cause remember the high def was a thing. Like I remember getting my first high def TV and thinking like, Oh, this is 1080. It's so cool. Cod is going to be so awesome on this thing. And it was just like <laughs> the deaths were just so much cooler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The re really gets you with the shading, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but no, and that's, it's funny you bring that up because I, I do need to go back and, and dig some of that out because some of the combos we would go through are just like... It's a treasure trove, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and how many things haven't necessarily changed over that same time span? It's, it's just... Well, I think... I remember at one point you had like dug through during one of your computer shifts, you had dug through and you'd found some videos. It was maybe like 10 years after the fact. Mm -hmm. And I remember us listening to them and just laughing about them. But I mean, it's, it's, it's really not, it's not that far off. So really you're the one who started the podcast. I'm just mm -hmm. continuing it. Mm -hmm. if, if, it no. really, if it really it seems to have played out that way. So I, nah, I might've gathered a few pieces of wood that you have been built into a, into a pod, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've pissed a, a, an acid stream of piss onto that, those flames and turned it into what it is now 
You know, and even back then, I remember you talking about our topic today, the USS Scorpion. But I guess my first question would be, was what happened first? Did like you see the the Clancy movies that were like odes to, and then you wanted to find out more, so you researched like the true stories it was based off of? Or right. I can't I can't remember which came first. If you knew of the thing first, and then always loved the movies because they were you know whispering to that. So uh, I think what got me was well, okay. So we were just barely alive when the Soviet Union and the Soviet States started to fall apart, Berlin Wall, and it was always confusing to me, like, you know, when you're yay tall and you're growing up and you're like, you know, how does the world work? The sun comes up, you know, all that basic shit. And trying to understand, like, why were they our enemy? Why, why did we think negatively of these people? And then I started to learn about, you know, the cold war and why did they call it the cold war? Why, you know, and, and, and it's just a little bit of, at a time, I would start to understand what exactly it was. And somewhere in there, like, I'm sure you or so many people, you know, our age that are at least casually into that subject uh, for Red October, which is playing on TV and uh, watching that and trying to fit that story, you know, which is a story, but at the same time borrows from historical events in different ways to make that story. And, uh, you know, submarines are, they're pretty cool. <laughs> the whole, they're pretty the, fucking sick. The whole idea that you can just build something that's like, uh, I mean, by the time I was really getting into it, I think, uh, the Kursk, which we may or may not get into, um, sank in like 300 feet of water, not that deep. But when they were talking about it on TV, it's like this thing is almost two football fields long and 80 meters wide or something like that. And it's just this massive ship that if it were just even if it were even just on the surface, it would be huge. It would be crazy. It would be so intricate. And it's designed to stay underwater basically until you run out of food. They, that's, that's the limiting factor to nuclear submarines is you know well how much well, how much food do you have it's it's one of the limiting factors <laughs> well but it's the it, it but my, you, you, your your point is completely accurate i mean it trips me out too to think about this they, this is the 60s mm-hmm. they had this fucking sub in the 60s a nuclear powered submarine the 60s and it it's not like shocking in the sense that we obviously we had you know started we had entered the atomic era and started deploying uh nuclear power uh in a bunch of different ways but it, sometimes it's funny to me to think back like other things that occurred in the 60s and we were able to create a nuclear powered submarine you know but and, and correct me you might know more about this than i do but 
the, the, the concept of a nuclear submarine is the same thing as like a nuclear power plant. Nuclear power plant. It's not necessarily harnessing energy directly from decomposing uranium or something like that. It's taking a radioactive material and then it boiling water and then effectively you just having limitless steam energy. Exactly. Yeah, okay, that's just so the same thing. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert, but I'm, neither am I. But that's in the like the the Cro-Magnon understanding of what's going yeah. on there. We'll yeah. just go with that, you know. Yeah. Uh, but so, at what point did like you and I are both the kind of people where we'll get into something and then you know we'll consume as much as we can and then we'll go about our lives and then at some point later in the future we'll we'll do another deep dive. Like, what was the point at which? you were like fully invested in this story. Like what was the point at which you were down to start reading some very specific books or articles or. Uh, I think it was basically the first time that I had heard about it. Um, I can't, I can't say exactly when it was, but it was, you know, probably somewhere around college era. Uh, I started to, just sort of, you know, in college, you, you kind of grab a subject and you take it as far as you're able to make it go. And, and if it's a subject that you're not going to school for, then you have less mentors or people that you can bounce ideas off of. So I could only go so far, but it was just wild to me that we had built so many of these boats and we had actually lost some. And so when I started to research, research is a pretty loose term. When I started to read about, well, no, it, it, this, this, it, you know, most this we're taking it already beyond most people's, you know, it's fair, fair. But when I, when I think of research, I, I immediately just think of, well, academics. How, how, how much do I even have access to, you know, sure. at, at the end of the day with the military as I've, I've seen you get in with on other pods, most of the time, almost all of the time, 99.99% of the time, the only stuff we know is because we're allowed to know it. Right. It was allowed to be published. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but no, I just thought about, uh, I just was fascinated that there was a military branch that was specific to submarines. Um, I had read at one point that, you have to be able to do a certain um, sinus clear. It may not be sinus, but some sort of technique that as you go deeper, it's like the same thing when your ears pop on an airplane, sure. you have to be able to clear the air that is stuck in your sinuses. If you can't do that, you can't be a submariner. Um, the idea that they would rather die than be caught, I think is wild. Uh, there's no, there's no celebrity about it. It's, you know, it's just hardcore, dedicated, do your job or we die sometimes. And, and sometimes you die anyway. Yeah, and, yeah. and I just, the mentality of that was just wild to me and the technology that went with it. And, and as I started to learn more about it, the other part of it that got me was the idea that like the nuclear triad, right. That we have land-based missiles, we have 
airplanes in the air that can bomb you at any moment. And then we submarines. have the submarines. So there's launch th- ICBMs. Yeah. There's three ways that we can, you know, kill you Soviets. If you decide to do a sneak attack at all. Yeah. yeah. Like you want to pound out all the missiles on the ground. We, we got planes in the sky 24 seven. You might get some of the subs, well, dude, honestly, you're that's you got a good point too. Mad is one of my favorite things about the Cold War. Yeah, yeah. Like what ends what ends what ends the hostility is like, all right, it's cool. If you blow us up, we'll blow you up and mm-hmm. everything else. If someone presses the button, we're all pressing the button. Yep. We good? Okay, cool. Like that's that it's just hilarious to me that that's the compromise we can <laughs> That's the compromise. That's international politics at its finest right there. Well, and, and that's a, I want to save that point for when we get to, uh, if we do the K-129, because the, uh, one of the theories of the, uh, the plan by that, that captain was to, you know, first strike, false flag it, make it look like it was, you know, a different country then we're uh, again not to borrow from tom clancy but a storyline from the sum of all fears you know yeah the, the, sure. that false flag attack and 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 now we don't know what's going on and you know chaos basically so well i i, I think you know you bring up tom clancy again i think it, he's done a very good job of like taking a skeleton skeleton story and creating this whole you know alternate universe where the, the, sometimes the shit doesn't go as planned and mm-hmm. it's a, a a little more fun you know I, I don't think it's as glamorous as the tom clancy stories but he gets a lot of the the psychology in my opinion he gets the behaviors of these people down pretty well because uh you know i don't know as, as much as we want to say you know like russia wasn't a threat like there's some fucking Russians who did not like America. Oh, hell There's yeah. There's plenty of Russians who would have been okay with fucking touch. And just like there are some Americans in some fucking bunker somewhere who were telling them, we got we to gotta hit the button, hit the button, hit the button. Yep. And it wasn't yep. for like a few cooler calmer heads who like, you know, could ex- extrapolate what that would mean for life on this planet. Hard, hard liners on both sides. 100%. Yeah, it, 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 it was serious as, as, uh, jokey as the cold war can be as serious. People died. It was serious fucking business. That was a serious war. It was a cold war, but there was a whole, like, especially in the spy world and stuff, but that's a whole other, we can go on a whole other fucking tangent for sure. That. For sure. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you. You know, I, I, I love stories. I love a good story. And mm-hmm. I had probably seen um, Hunt for Red October, any of the other uh, uh, Tom Clancy novels that would loosely touch on any of the 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 uh, Cold War era uh, spy stuff before I even made the connection that maybe some of it was real. I think you were probably the person who told me like, no, no, this shit, this is a fun story that Tom Clancy made, but the real story is just as fucking intriguing and could be a movie in and of itself. But, um, for sure. uh, I guess 
Well, I guess let's let's you know let's let's dig into it a little bit. We've been talking a lot about uh, how we found the story, and we talked about the story at all. So, I first just want to give a quick shout out to a few videos. Now, Sam, you said you had watched this one. Could you just give us a you know brief synopsis of what this one was about? This is a good one, and I was trying to find this one before, so I apologize to this guy if he ever catches on to this, but um, this one just, like, floored me. Uh, it He has a theory that, um, you know, it's probably a bit more than a theory in all actuality that we knew uh, that there was something wrong with the sub before its reported uh, arrival date or coming home date. And the part that got me about this video was him talking about how he had talked to people who were there at the docks at the, at the Naval base. Um, and just how all of a sudden any ship that was operational, they just started going out. They just went out to sea and went hard charging for something. And then a few days later, uh, when Scorpion was supposed to have came back or arrived, um, you know, obviously then they go through the whole, Oh, we don't know where it is. We haven't had contact and and the whole story that they have to tell everybody and that they have to kind of, you know, the show they have to put on um, when behind the scenes, they, they knew that something was wrong. And, and, and if I remember correctly, I haven't seen this video in a bit, but he had talked to people, uh, that were there at the dock who had knowledge also that something had gone wrong and they needed to send all their ships out to see if that there was anything that could be done or try to locate the the wreckage essentially. Yeah. I, I one of the things I found interesting as I was reading and watching uh, all this stuff is like all the similarities kind of between the Titan the submersible that just went down recently and how the Navy knew <laughs> Navy fucking knew that that thing was done before the search party was launched and they just let it go on. But again, for the purposes of not uh, disclosing the sensors that pictured that captured the implosions or whatever, yeah. they, they kept it quiet. They wanted to control the narrative and mm-hmm. a- absolutely during the cold war, that was, you know, it's a warfare them, tactic yeah 100 percent, 100 percent, and uh 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 controlling the narrative in the sense that it if people really understood like well i guess we'll 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 get there we'll get there i'm not i'm not gonna spoil too much of this here next video was this this guy's uh the atomic cafes um he had a <clears throat> he has a couple videos on Thresher, Scorpion, a couple other subs. I think he actually has one on K129. Bunch of really good videos. It's a little uh, uh, dry, but it's got all the details, and it's it, it breaks it down so that even Cro-Magnon people can understand the complexity of this situation. Um, and then the one that I kind of took notes from was uh, this one from Dark Seas. Yep. Nope, we don't want to watch that. Uh, from Dark Seas, and Dark Seas uh, is one of many channels that this guy has that he just makes a bunch of uh, military-themed and technology-themed. He's got a bunch of subsidiary channels, each talking about specific things. Anyways, Dark Seas, a lot of good stuff on that channel. Um, 
and uh yeah i guess let's let's go over some bullet points i don't know if you have have taken any notes um but you know i guess if we if we can kind of what is the first part of this story like the thing they create this sub and then well this was it, 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 I don't have notes in front of me, so it's hard to know quite where to start. But this this was a sub that uh, was definitely at the end. Uh, I don't think anybody would question was in need of repair. Um, I, I can't remember exactly where one of the crewmen got off, but I, I think one of one of the crew members on the last patrol before it disappeared, actually said, this is incredibly unsafe. I went off this boat over when it was in Europe. Um, I want to say his, I've got his name hanging you on have somewhere, that? somewhere. Yeah. Um, Dan Rogers. <clears throat> okay. Okay. I think Dan Rogers. And I, that's, you know, for, you know, we talked about the Submariner, mentality to you know toughness is unquestioned um you know dedication unquestioned at least in my opinion and you know there's got to be a brotherhood there and he he just you know and it's not like they kept that part quiet at least and maybe in the moment they did but you know it's not like he was just you know I, I'm sure there's a scenario in which it was the case, but I, 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 it would be hard for me to think somebody who thought internally enough that this is unsafe was not talking to people on the boat, right? Saying, saying this was unsafe. And I think everybody, they said in many of the letters that were coming and going that many people felt it was unsafe. Yeah. And, oh, sure. And it was on the heels of uh, USS Thresher, the first submarine lost by the Navy and, uh, it's unsafe condition, unsafe conditions. They had redone, you know, how they were maintenancing those boats to not let another accident happen. And they had kind (laughs) of, yeah, they really did a good job there. Didn't they maybe cut some corners because they needed boats on patrol. And and that, that's kind of the other thing that gets me not specific to Scorpion, but about submarines. It's, it's, uh, there's that old adage, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. And I don't think anywhere ever has that been at least through to today, has that been more true than with military submarines? Because we're talking about the peak technological warship. Yeah, sure. I, I don't know what's more expensive than a submarine. I'm, maybe the F-35, those are pretty expensive and pretty badass. Yeah. But, um, you know, and these submarines, their their job, as we're going to talk about, is to trail enemy submarines and monitor enemy submarines. And when you're out there in the ocean, your clo- your closest human compatriot is the enemy outside yeah. of your boat. And I think that just adds to sort of the the aura and the mystery of of submarines and the and the people who operate them. Well, definitely. And, and I, I, you know, 
I I think uh, I I think people a lot of people don't understand how much submarines are used for spying. Like they're a super useful spying utility. So not only spying on the enemy's navy, enemy submarines, mm-hmm. um, but really like getting good pictures, mm-hmm. getting getting deep behind enemy lines untraceably, and getting good pictures and data to to you know. This is really kind of before we've gone full hog on deploying surveillance satellites. I'm sure we had some, but nothing like the shit that we have today that we were launching up every other every other week. Um, right. But that that is an interesting point. The camaraderie of like, uh, you know, I've even I remember I remember it from other stories of like showdowns between uh, Russian and American subs. It's like. I see you. I'm not going to blow you up, but I might. It's there's like this strange bond that they have in the same way that that uh, you know, spies from America have like these strange relationships with Russian spies just because mm-hmm. they were spying on each other. They're but, in the same game. <laughs> yeah, they're in the same game. Um, but okay, yeah, so let's 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 kind of let's unpack a little bit from here. I think we can hit a there's a few bullet points on here I think that are super relevant. And ultimately, what this boils down to is, I think the military would have liked to continue the lie of, you know, maybe it was Russia. We don't know. We're investigating it, but maybe it was Russia. But ultimately, what this is, is fucking incompetence. Like, after the Thresher, they have this, they create a whole program, Subsafe. And the Mm -hmm. Subsafe program is to ensure that no more subs are lost because of fucking, and it has these insane overhaul regulations. Yeah. They fucking just when it's the scorpions turn because they needed subs out on the water. Yeah, they're like, well, they they pass an executive order and they're like, you know, it's we're we're gonna stay it this time. You know, we're gonna we're gonna allow it just this once because we really need to. But when when that comes back, it's gonna full on overhaul. Mm-hmm. And and I think uh, that's tougher for the military to own up to they would never like admittedly own up to that because it just makes them look weak and stupid and and silly for sure anyways may 68 uh uh is when that submarine disappeared but that submarine uh uh came into existence uh uh really i guess in august 1960 or in august 1960 it deployed it came into existence december 19th uh 1959 Mm -hmm. um so it gets deployed. Uh, uh, it's in under heavy use, and then it gets parked at Charleston, where it's where it's supposed to go in an overhaul, right? Um, yeah, that was the first time it was supposed to have an overhaul. Then it they got interrupted. They sent it out, and uh, uh, then it's like, all right, you got to come back, and we got to actually do that overhaul. Um, again, they're spying on some stuff here. What does this, what does this say? Yeah, they, 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 they were able to film like this was a useful tool. And again, like we didn't have a ton of these subs. So I, I, it it (laughs) makes sense as to why they were just deploying it because like you were saying, your only limit is food really. Yeah. You know what I mean? As long as the thing was getting overhauled, the only real limit to how, how long it could stay out and, and how far it could go is how much food you got on there. So, 1966, uh, as a part of the Navy's subsafe program, 
uh, which was launched, launched after the loss of the USS Thresher, the Scorpion went under extensive routine testing and overhaul. This process painstakingly went over every component and, and utilized ultrasound to verify the continued integrity of the vessel and its components. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay, here's the thing. Subsafe quadrupled overhaul times because mm-hmm. they realized that what, whatever they were doing wasn't enough. And they came up with this obnoxious thing. And if they had adhered to it, ironically, they probably wouldn't have had this problem. And I'm assuming since they have, they haven't lost another one, they're probably adhering to it now. Um, But anyways, it quadrupled the overhaul times. So the chief of naval operations authorized a so-called experimental accelerated (laughs) procedure where safety checks and the installation of improved components were bypassed. Cool. So, I mean, so right around this time, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no, 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 no. I just, I, I think about these, these things. It's like, I, I, I almost, this, I feel silly doing this. I almost want to come to the defense of these people, even though I'm sure, you know, they would step on anybody's throat just to get another leg up or a star or whatever. But like, you know, you were talking about new boats a new technology a submarine which isn't like super new because they had them in world war one but the idea that they could stay underwater that we could put nuclear missiles yeah yeah it it totally transforms you know submarines their purpose used to be you know ride along this even in world war ii like they would not be underwater that long they would be going along the surface and then when they would see a boat they'd go under and they'd just hang out there they would, they very often would not continue going. They would just dump down and sit. They'd shoot a torpedo and they'd come back up. <laughs> and, and now they're like the entire operational uh, usefulness of a submarine is it has to stay underwater. It cannot run on the surface. If you're running on the surface, you're not a submarine anymore. You're, you're not, you're not doing your job. You're not, you know, fulfilling the design of the boat and not only are you supposed to be underwater you're supposed to be way underwater yeah, way underwater way underwater and you're not really like yeah you might have some torpedoes if you happen to you know get into a little squabble but now your main purpose is if we tell you to shoot a nuclear missile that is your purpose like yeah uh, so in some ways when you design something brand new like that it's like how are you supposed to know how much maintenance this thing needs how are you supposed to know what kind of it's almost like you have to develop these maintenance programs and these testing procedures even though it's got to be mostly the same here's what's dumb they did they did that they created a whole thing after they lost the first one they were like Mm -hmm. we need to we need to reanalyze how we're dealing with this Mm -hmm. and they create this whole new thing and then at the first opportunity to adhere to it, they don't. Right. You know, that that's that's the silly part here. Yeah. And and I get it at this point in time. It, I mean, dude, you're totally right. The submarine was the war platform of the ocean. Cruisers, mm-hmm. they don't carry ICBMs. Mm-hmm. Aircraft harri- carriers, they don't carry ICBMs. No. They might have a couple planes that they could dump one on but probably not it's probably a a bomber that's that's floating up in the sky 24 7 or a team of bombers much more threatening 
it was the war platform of the sea and it, it, it was just as crucial to them as any land-based systems or air-based systems and it, it effectively becomes this sub in particular effectively becomes their goddamn command center and and really nuclear submarines have become that they stay underwater for forever they're they they can go for forever they are the sea-based warfare platform yeah I, I imagine that uh uh I imagine even if they're not participating in what's going on at the surface, they're probably helping direct it with the, with the prime view and the, the sub, subversive nature of being submersed, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially, and I know this is farther down the line, but especially today when we have, you know, big, thick internet cables that are just running all across the oceans all over i mean that's that's what most of it anymore is now i'm i'm pretty sure is subs go leasing the lines well or you know in in uh you know ours i assume russia's case i've read about you know you just tap in yeah 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 you just go next to that fiber and you put some tech next to it or you just you know siphon off some data just, you know, we're just doing a little spying. No problem. Nothing just, to see here. Just just checking in. <laughs> just seeing what's going on in here. Hello. <laughs> um right. So let's we'll we'll get back we'll get back here to the, the topic here. So subsafe yeah. again. They have this they have this fucking fail safe procedure that they decide to bypass. Um apparently repair crews were also being overworked and forced to do work with subpar equipment spare parts and without any detailed inspection or instruction. Uh, and, and it's, it, uh, there was something that he said in this video, but like even down to like the metal that they were using to weld, like anything that needed rewelding, the metal they were using to do that was like subpar shit metal. The people, Uh, like so many people, it, it was so bad that the scorpion was forced to maintain a diving limit of 110 meters, which is nothing for a sub, right. for a sub standard. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess because they, they a okay, the, the shitty, uh, uh, express overhaul, it returns to operational status seven months later, but it, it didn't receive a sub safe certification. And apparently this is, one of on, only four subs to fail. And, I don't know. and that, that's what I remember reading that and, and hearing on, I think it was the dark seas video that I watched. Uh, okay. It didn't get sub safe, but we're still going to push it out. It, it can't perform anywhere near what it's supposed to perform, but we'll just, we need it out there. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. It's cr- like, it's, and again, this is this is fucking bureaucracy, dude. The the generals, some general was above another general, was above another general, was just barking orders down that we need this to happen. And some guy just to get that promotion, and some guy just to say he got the job done, he okayed this. And like this, yep. this is just tale as old as time. This shit just never yep. gets old. Um, okay, so they deploy in late '67. They deploy the thing to Mediterranean Sea. And uh, it's got a new commander, Francis Slattery, and then it heads to a naval base in Rota, Spain. And it, there, it's in poor condition, despite having just overgone the overhaul, and it forces two crew members to leave. Now, uh, I, think, I think these, 
I remember reading about these two, and I think these two are actually after Dan Rogers. I think Dan oh, Rogers okay. left before this, and I, I can't remember exactly well, what it I've, was. There's, I've got a note at the very beginning, um, at the beginning of that video, he does like a summary of the moments before the cataclysm, and then he goes back through the history. Very, very good videos. I, I can't <laughs> recommend dark docs enough, but... An electrician's mate on the sub, Dan Rogers, requested a transfer, stating, I didn't know it was going to sink, but I was absolutely uptight after having been on there and seeing the things I'd seen. I was just unable to deal with going to sea again on the Scorpion. And this is May of 68 that that uh, uh, this happens. Anyway, so let me get back down here. Nice. You've got that uh, highlighted. Uh, okay, so supposedly suffering from mechanical breakdowns, a leak on the propeller shaft, a worrying oil leakage in the hydraulic system, leaks of poisonous freon, unstable control surfaces, and even had a fire caused by the trash disposal unit. And that is also one thing that some people theorize as the actual cause of the demise of this thing is is a trash disposal unit that created an electrical fire and... and uh, because it was a known issue. Anyways, um, my notes, the fucked vessel departs yeah. Rota, <laughs> headed to the Azores to surveil Soviet, Soviet ships. And then it was supposed to head back to Norfolk. So 12 AM on May 21st, 1968 slattery transmitted a confirmation that they had located a Soviet sub and the message reached a Navy comm station in Nea Macri, Greece, where it was forwarded to comm Subland. um, and then the Scorpion closed in on the Soviet sub at 15 knots and 110 meters uh, with the instruction, begin surveillance of the Soviets. When the sub never arrived back in Norfolk, the search effort began. So now here's where it really diverts. And this right. is the intrigue of the story. Yes. Did they actually send that message or did the military just say that they sent that message? To plant the seed. Mm -hmm. Either scenario, that being the the last received transmission. That's what, yeah. that's very important to our government because yeah. it at least plants the seed of like, was this a showdown? It probably wasn't a showdown. Maybe they saw that sub, maybe they surveilled it. Mm -hmm. This shit was, it was fucked. This thing was not operating in peak conditions. And when you're in a self-contained metal, you know, oval underneath the water in the open ocean you're it, you're fucking doomed yeah there's the, there's no there's no it's like being it's it's the equivalent of being in a fucking spaceship yeah like that's that's how isolated and and a, a, away from help you are uh in case something goes wrong um so here's where the story diverges uh the the navy begins a search employing dynamic base Bayesian statistical methods to optimize the search patterns. And I guess that's how they analyze how a craft would settle on the ocean floor. That's like a very well-known science for people that recover lost craft in the ocean. They can, it, it, I'm sure it has something to do with like the patterns of water in that area and how soil mm -hmm. and sediment moves. And they can say if the thing fell down at this rate and hit the floor over okay. this amount of time it would end up over here that i i sure. i'm butchering that but that is a real thing and and mm -hmm. th we've been able to do that for a very long time we by the in the 60s we understood that for sure um uh 
so and then uh, supposedly there is a recording that captured 15 acoustic events over 190 seconds which appeared to originate from an underwater explosion and then all all 99 men in the scorpion are declared presumed lost uh and they even removed the vessel's name from the navy's vessel register on june 5th but the question is when did the navy know and you're probably right i i would be inclined to believe that as soon as they lost contact with that thing, considering of how valuable of an asset it was, they would have deployed. Regardless of if right. they knew it was their fault or if they thought it was Russia, they would have sent that out. It's a lot of money sinking in the ocean. That's a lot of nuclear warheads we don't want to fucking lose track of. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I, I that makes total sense. And... um. I guess maybe you can kind of speak to having watched that other video of that guy who after the fact has proposed theory who like has actually done the research here um where where I guess maybe here let me also say and they did you watch the video of the wreckage um I I didn't watch a video specific to the wreckage. I know that uh, it was uh, it was it was a Bob Ballard, right? Bob Ballard, who uh, they uh, gave some money to or funded so that uh, he was going to go look for the Titanic. And the government was like, "Well, why don't you also go see if you can get some pictures?" of this since you're going to be in that area anyway. And I believe if you, those are the main photos um, or they may be the only photos that have been released, but if you were to Google USS Scorpion and, and you see the photos of it on the seabed, those are, I believe from that expedition. Yeah. That those are legit. Like yeah. that's absolutely the, the story that happened for sure. Yeah. Um, um uh, I just got I got one note down here with Dan Rogers again. Mm -hmm. So basically, after the fact, everyone is <laughs> the, the military conducts uh, investigation. Precise cause of the incident could not be determined. And then a report was made public that stated the certain cause of the loss of the scorpion cannot be ascertained from the evidence now available. Brilliant, brilliant <laughs> fucking sidestepping bullshit. So the theory proposed by Vice Admiral Arnold Sh Shade Schrade and Dan Rogers claims the sub sank due to a faulty trash disposal unit. The malfunction would have allowed a flood of seawater into the batteries, producing hydrogen gas that could have incapacitated the crew. And a series of events ultimately would have led to an explosion at the center of the sub. So that's then that was those are the guys that were on it. Those are the guys that were like, this is we were there and this is what we saw, and here's what we think happened. Mm -hmm. um, another one of the theories is that. Uh, charging batteries at periscope depth and how the scorpion might have suffered a hydrogen explosion because of a faulty battery charging mechanism. The charging process could have channeled excessive energy into individual cells, releasing enough hydrogen gas to cause an explosion. This was a common issue in U.S. subs at this time. So mm. there were also several books, uh, All Hands Down and Red Star Rogue and Scorpion Down, that alleged the scorpion was sunk by a Soviet sub or torpedo launched by a helicopter. Those theories apparently are not that good, but again, like it, it's, it's plausible They're, if the idea that they were tailing a Soviet sub 
is true. If they're that ju- was actually, they're juicy. They're juicy. Yeah, theory, they're very juicy. But, uh, how it's much probably incompetence. Them. It's probably just incompetence. It's, it's that's, the simplest. That story is way cooler, but yeah, the simplest is is Occam's razor. Is that the thing, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that that definitely in this scenario. Uh, decades later, it's revealed the Navy had its own theory in which defective Mark 37 torpedo warhead had detonated and the 330-pound mine could have been accidentally launched or jettisoned uh, and finding no other target in the area circled back to strike the scorpion. That was also a known problem of those torpedoes, but um, that honestly, the, the the Navy knew immediately what happened. And decades later, they really, you know what I mean? It's just like they, anyways, the Mark 37 batteries were prone to overheating or combusting due to their silver, or excuse me, the Mark 37 torpedo batteries were prone to overheating or combusting due to their silver zinc batteries. And then final note here about Dan Rogers. Dan Rogers teams up with a journalist from the Houston Chronicle and together dig up documents that pointed directly towards the detrimental state of the ship. Letters from the crew also, this is what you were talking about. Letters from the crew also confirm the conditions and due to its inclusion in a, in a secretive project, uh, the only about bypassing overhauls, what? It's necessary maintenance needs had been cut off, not to mention the reduced budget. Uh, yeah, basically they just got overworked. Yeah, that's what these guys said. Got overworked. the The bare bones maintenance that they had said needs to be done on these overhauls was deliberately being overlooked on this one because they just wanted it out there. Uh, and the official cause has still never been determined. The Navy uh, uh, never like came up with a definitive answer of what happened here, which is bullshit. Right. They know, they just don't want to say it. And that's why I say it's incompetence. Because yeah. if it was actually an attack decades later, they would have been happy to say that. Yeah. They would have been happy to be like, this is, you know, this is what went down. Um, but because they don't want to pick what happened, it's probably, they, they know what the deal is. But uh, the official cause is never determined, like I was saying, but the Navy never again rushed an overhaul procedure after this loss and revised the Mark 37's design. Uh, they also routinely survey this wreck for radioactive leakage. Um, isn't aren't there like a few other rogue places where there are like bum nukes that we monitor too? Or like was was there another oper like another secretive operation later after this thing had sank where like they tried to go retrieve this thing, retrieve the warheads from it. I, I remember you telling me about, I don't know if it dovetails on this or other stories, but. Um, I'm trying to think of a U.S. one. And I. Oh, is that, is am I thinking of like a Russian story? I think you're thinking of the Russian story, which to, which feeds into the, the the more fun explanation that a Russian sub was involved somehow because that's the one thing we haven't touched on is in 1968 four nuclear subs were lost in that year one by us one by Russia one by France and I put up my fourth finger too soon uh for <laughs> the fourth one by Israel and the she, Russian Israel? one. Really? Damn. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, but the two, you know, 
not to diminish what happened to all these people involved, but the two best stories are, are clearly the Russian loss and the, U, the U.S. loss. And the Russian right. loss occurred before uh, Scorpion, K129, I want to say. And, yeah, you're, you're, that's it, right. And uh, there were maybe some credible, maybe not credible insinuations that one of our subs was involved in the loss of the K-129 because shortly after the 129 was lost, one of our subs that was in that area or wasn't in that area. Right. Uh, shortly after that went for extensive repairs. And we, uh, there's, I'm pretty sure there's a decent documentary on this, but there was a whole elaborate ploy with like Howard Hughes to build, uh, a ship that was for mining purposes. And the CIA was like, well, actually, no, we want you to go bring this sub up and the sub that yeah, they no, tried that's, to bring up. That's yeah. That's, that's the one thinking. That's the 129 and, um, it's 129. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so that, that one's a little, uh, you know, how that one was lost. There's not as much known as the scorpion, obviously, because even today, Soviets, Russians, very, they're not talking about that shit. No, 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 no. Except to say that it was our fault. Yeah, exactly. Not to (laughs) us. Yeah. They're only using that as propaganda for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how much you want to get into that one, but basically the, the crux of that one is that one went down. We were monitoring, uh, those waters. I believe it was like West or Northwest of Hawaii. Um, I, I may have that totally wrong. Anyway, where they went looking for it was very far away from where our underwater uh, hydro microphones picked up the implosion. And so that was part of how we were able to say, oh, no, we're just over here to drill. There's nothing, there's no, nothing over here but drilling with this ship that was really meant to raise their submarine. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the implications of, of getting, uh, their boat and understanding the technology that they had and, you know, the reverse engineering of all their stuff was just totally crucial to, uh, it, it would have been the same as like a, a MIG pilot defecting and, and landing at a air right. force base. We would immediately take that apart and understand what its limitations are, what it's good at so that we can develop better tactics um, in theater against it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fucking crazy. I mean, that one, that one, like we could probably do a whole other episode on, we definitely could, we probably should. Um, but yeah, it, 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 well, and it like, you know, it was far away from where they thought it went down, but that, where, where was that thing? The Bayesian was this, Bayesian statistical methods. So like when a ship, when any craft crashes in the ocean, the current is going to take it away from where it like crashes. Right. Oh, once it's on the ground that it's also going to continue to move. The current's going to continue to move it, but it's going to slow down 
based on what it's up against or if it like hits rocks or like again there's the reason that we got subs mapping the ocean floor and shit it's like you know they they have analyzed other wrecks that they've come across and can kind of with a fair degree of accuracy say if this went down over here at this time theoretically based on the movement of these waters and and the the material that it lands in at the bottom of the ocean here's where it should be Mm -hmm. uh so it's completely possible that it, it enough time had passed and it had moved far enough to where it was like oh plausible deniability oh we're not there doing that that's way over there we're over here but in real in reality like it's moved hundreds of miles since it crashed and and the currents have just slowly taken this massive thing it's it's creepy too because on the ocean floor like shit leaves a trail like a lot of these craft Mm -hmm. like they they find them and then they the the trail goes right back to just scrapes along the ocean floor that's what i mean to say like whatever statistical methods they have for doing that they they long ago mastered that that that's mm-hmm. there it bro any airplane that's crashed in the ocean as we know as 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 has been discussed they're filming everything they've got microphones all over the ocean yep we've got satellites all over we mm-hmm. we're videotaping at very insanely high resolutions anything that happens on the surface and and to a lesser extent but still to an incredible extent what's happening on the ocean floor when planes crash we know where they go we just don't say that we know where they go because we can't say that we have technology that's doing this every country's doing it and we all play this game like oh we're you know we're not doing that no we don't know but do you know yeah but oh, do you, you know? don't know but we, I we don't you know had the thing but we hmm. might know Hmm, and occasionally it, it, it occasionally it leaks out i, I want to say one of the passenger planes that got um or at least maybe somebody pleaded to the security state to be like can you please show us what we know you're filming can you please show us um mm-hmm. but in the case of the submersible the titan you know the navy monitored that and ultimately it leaks out that they had the recording of that well before the relief effort is launched yeah, it's just another prime example. Like, and it, there's a few other examples I'm not thinking of, but where either after the fact the government has said, "Well, we we can confirm this. We're not telling you how we can confirm this, but we can confirm this," um, or um, you know, somebody has made the plea to be like, "Can you please?" I, I forgot. I wanted to make a note of that on on that point. I'm pretty sure that I had read with the USS Scorpion that that was the first time the government had used the phrase we can neither confirm nor deny oh, no shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah i, well, and, I thought and, that was hilarious incompetence yes guaranteed like the yep. fact that that is it, it, the event that coined the phrase uh yep. that's fucking in, that's like the admission of guilt in my opinion because when right you, when they say that it means that they're confirmed it's mea culpa really yeah yeah for sure yeah. Uh, I just want to toss this up here. Ian Brown said, uh, hey, fire. What's up, Thanks. Buddy? Thanks, Ian. Thanks for tuning in, bub. Uh, but uh, it, 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 the, it doesn't surprise me. Like, none of this, sh- I don't expect the military to uh, all of a sudden adapt the new policy where they're going to be transparent about classified information. I'm not stupid. Okay. Right. But... I think there's a level of humility that every layer of the American government 
needs to start embracing if they want any sympathy from the global stage. Like, really. And, and it's not to say other countries are going to do it. We're going to have to lead by example there. And we probably won't. But that's like th these. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a realist. All right. I'm a realist here. Okay. Um, but that's, that's never going to happen because when you admit your faults, it makes your military look weak. Yes. When you admit your institution's faults in, from the perspective of the people in charge, it makes us look weak. It makes us look stupid. And it does. And yeah. honestly, it's because they are. Yeah, it's 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 pretty obvious that you don't even follow the rules that you set for yourself. And when you don't follow them, bad shit happens. This is not something that is new to the 60s. The Scorpion was just another addition to the long list of of bureaucratic failings. The Soviet Union's list is just as long that it, from my perspective, I guess this is what I'm saying. This level of secrecy, this 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 uh, constant state of paranoia that those people live in, uh, breeds a situation where we can never have. There's never going to be peace. No. There's never going to be peace because there's always going to be some goddamn warmonger in a bunker, who's who's willing to to use any means to justify an end. It's Doctor Strangelove. Yeah, no, dude. I that's I I keep I keep. It, it is infuriating to me that more people haven't seen the movie. I've been telling yeah. so many people, I feel like recently, that's mm -hmm. the reality. And, and that, that was Kubrick's way then at that time to have his hilarious, biting, you know, sarcastic interpretation of it. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's a characterized version but it ain't too far off. It's and not that far off at one all. Of, one of the funny, I didn't realize this until I was way older, but one of the f most fucked elements of that, I did a podcast a, a couple weeks ago with my buddy about a uh, uh, project, Operation Paperclip. Mm -hmm. The scientist that comes in, it took me becoming like an, a, 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 a t in somewhat intelligent 20 year old to realize that was an Operation Paperclip Nazi. And the joke, <laughs> the joke that Kubrick is making there is that we folded in these Nazis. We gave them very powerful positions, advisory roles to important people. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they embedded themselves and entrenched themselves in ways that allowed them to continue their sadistic behavior under the fucking red, white, and blue. The Soviets, ironically, all the Nazis that they took, once they milked them for all the information they were worth, they kicked them back to Germany. That's crazy. It's it was a, it was a very but then again, Russia paid a much higher toll in World War II. Millions of fucking Russians died. Yeah, for sure. Fighting the Nazis, like they there there was zero sympathy. America, how we enter it is kind of kind of sus you know now that we can look at the the history a little bit further out yep. but really we we entered it we entered it for different reasons entirely and we didn't really we didn't necessarily we we took a hit but we didn't take the hit that other people took you know it, it makes sense why russia behaved that way and america was a little more lenient to nazis because we didn't Millions of American soldiers didn't die. 
right. know, maybe if they had, maybe if they had, maybe then the government would have taken the idea of, of folding in Nazis into the system with a little more, uh, with a grain of salt, but fuck do I know, you know, <laughs> but that the strange love that's, it's super accurate. And whether they're in a bunker under land or they're in a submarine under sea like that story not sarcastically has taken place many times where we really should go into a, a k129 and maybe even we do another one where we talk about the standoff like the uh the the moment during the cold war where we were seconds away like it is verified in the in the history books of the military like we were seconds away and because of one cool-headed person mm-hmm. one reasonable individual they they staved off at least one attempt at world war are, i can't remember you, what 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 story it is you know is it, well i i can't remember his name but i do know that i had read a couple of different times about uh we were it was the cuban missile crisis and we were depth charging a submarine, yeah, a Soviet submarine. Yep. And it was becoming disabled to a certain degree. And I believe on their boats, the captains, uh, <laughs> this is crazy, but uh, had the uh, authority to launch nuclear weapons. And the captain wanted to do it. And the political officer on the on the boat would not. And that's how we, he could have said, okay. And the missiles would have launched and we probably wouldn't be here. That would have been it. That would have been it. (laughs) That would have been it. But, um, you know, and who's to say if, you know, that's just a propaganda story or who's to say if, you know, he said, okay, let's do it. And then their missiles barely get out of the boat because it's Soviet tech and it's been, being depth charged and you know who's to say but yeah uh definitely that story of of that guy uh saying no we're not going to do this and really in a sort of a heroic moment like that obviously we can't dude, understand what it's dude. like to be in a sub when explosions are going on on either side of us and we're way underwater but that's happening you're scared for your life you have to be and you say no we're not gonna we're not going to end the world start start this process right now (laughs) yeah it's crazy and again like i'm sure there are tons of other moments like that but that's that's one Mm -hmm. i know that that it's least heavily documented Mm -hmm. but anyways let's let's wrap it up we've reached the hour mark i want to thank you sam for coming on the show and unpacking the story of the scorpion and uh i guess the next one we do we'll pick another one of the subs and we'll just fucking explode it no pun intended uh, uh yikes uh <laughs> stay on i'm gonna do the outro but stay on we'll, we'll chat here afterwards uh like subscribe uh please please like and subscribe i'm at, there's we're 99 we just need one more subscribe and we'll be at 100 but uh that's enough of my crying about it that's it see you later This oh, has God. been the Totally Legitimate Business Podcast. This isn't what I want. With your host, James Oliva. <laughs> Executive producers, Clint G and James Oliva. That's obnoxious. Sound design, mix, and master by James Oliva. Literally no one cares. For more Totally Legitimate Business, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Totally Legitimate Business 
or add us on TikTok at TLB Pod. When we say thank you for listening, now get back to work. Moving along, bye.